as we get closer to the 2023-2024 season, what are some things that are still cause for concern? Plus, is Bill Guerin going to wheel and deal his way to another in-season trade? And Marco Rossi, what do we do about Marco? We discuss on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen. And in today's case, your second listen of the day with our bonus episode. Make sure you subscribe if you have not already so you don't miss out on any new content as the offseason unfolds. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You can head to birddogs.com slash NHL or enter promo code LOCKDOWNNHL for a free white tech hat with any order. Word of warning, though. Once you put on your pair of bird dogs, you're not going to want to take them off. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, friend of the show, Jesse Pierce, host of the Bar Down Beauties podcast and writer for NHL.com, amongst many other bylines, joins us to discuss a little Minnesota Wild hockey. We'll talk Marco Rossi, potential for a trade, and some things that worry us through the course uh, of this season still yet to be determined. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, as mentioned, friend of the show. Jesse Pierce is joining us. Jesse's become a friend in podcast circles, friend in the press box as well, and uh, glad to have you on. Jesse, how are you enjoying uh, the warm summer without Minnesota Wild hockey so far? A lot of work on the golf course, I see. A lot of work on the golf course. Loving that for me and for all those who get to encounter me. I'm actually better. Seth, you and I have golfed before. Remember what a travesty that was. And not the beer drinking. I'm very, very good at that on a golf course. But my shot's not good. That is not the case anymore, you guys. I can hit the ball. I have some confidence. I can even do a hole 18, which is something I could not say last year. Very, very excited about that. No, I've been having a good time golfing with my dad and golfing with some different friends and stuff. You and I are going to have to get back out there this fall, I think. Just swing them, slug a couple back. Uh, but no, it's been good. It's a little, little warm for this Minnesota girl today and yesterday. And I don't feel bad complaining about it because I don't mind the cold at all. I actually prefer that to this because it's sweltering out there, but I will be headed to a rink this evening to watch some beauty league championships. So that will provide a nice, uh, air conditioned environment for myself. Yeah. Nice little change of pace. And, uh, it just reminds us that hockey is getting closer and closer, but Jesse, you and I, we have done enough, I think, this offseason in covering everything that's happened with this team, Pat Maroon trade, uh, other signings as well. There still are some things maybe that are concerns heading into the season. So I'm going to hit you with what are some areas, and we can just go one at a time and kind of talk about them a little bit. What are some things that are still concerning for you for this year's wild team as we get closer to the start of the season? I mean, it's the same concern every single year. It's the lack of depth up the middle, right? There is no number one center, no matter who you want to try to pin yourself. Jules neck, definitely your best center. He's not a true number one. You're likely not going to see him on that top line with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello should those two stay intact. I don't know. Maybe that changes as well. Um, But that's obviously the biggest concern. And then just a general kind of 
lack of depth, really. Uh, you know, you've got these prospects down in Iowa that have been highly touted, highly renowned. Everyone's very excited, but will we see them this year? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, they've got some veteran guys. You'd mentioned Pat Maroon. He joins the team. He kind of fills that Ryan Reeves type role with a little bit extra skill. I think uh, Pat Maroon will provide a little bit more oomph than maybe Revo did last year. So that's exciting. But ultimately, you're getting the same team as last year, just a little lackluster, you know, a little bit different. I'm excited to see what Matt Boldy can do with Marcus Johansson again, because I imagine they stay together. But it just kind of makes you wonder what can this team do? What can they can they get out of that first round? Because again, not much has changed from last year. So do, where do you put your expectations? I always, as negative as this is going to sound, I keep my expectations very, very low to start the season. And I did last year as well. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just curious to see how the team looks. Is it going to look any different from last year? Will Dean Evson finally make some line changes, maneuver some things around? I just, I don't know. Knowing Dean, that's a tough, tough ask. But uh, so that's kind of what concerns me. The familiarity is always a good thing but it also is cause for concern. Well, and one of the things that for me is just going to be interesting to see how they deal with it is obviously limited cap space. We, we've known that for a long time, but this is going to be the season in which it really becomes like if somebody prominent gets hurt, what do you do about it? Because right. you have enough space to, you know, make some, some like call up moves throughout the season, but I don't think this is going to be a situation where we see this team fill out this roster. There are going to be spots that are left open to try to accumulate some of that cap space. And so if you have somebody who's out of the lineup for, you know, two or three games, you don't necessarily want to put them on IR. What do you do? Right. It's, I mean, it's something that Bill Guerin, I think when he, he had the buyout option, right. And he looked at Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, that for sure was the correct call. And he has zero regrets about that. And I love that about Billy G but I don't know if he really understood just how much of a squeeze that was going to put on him. Even when he signed Matt Boldy to a seven year, 7 million contract last year, even when he extended Kirill Kaprizov, both of which needed to happen at those times that they did, but that just puts a bigger strange. I mean, losing Kevin Fiala, losing Matt Dumba in each of their free agency periods. I mean, that's, that's what it was going to be. They can't afford to keep them, but it also doesn't free up any more space for them. It just is a matter of we can't keep you. We can just sign little deals here and there. Hence, Vinny Letary coming in at a bargain deal and, and stuff like that. But you're right. The call-ups also huge concern because you don't have any money to really do a heck of a whole lot of that either, unfortunately. So you're praying for no injuries. But also, I guess if you do have an injury, maybe it's long term. So then you can have a little bit more flexibility. But yeah, I just I'm curious to see if Bill Guerin really understood the stress that this was going to cause him and the wallet for the Minnesota wild organization this year and next year. Now, unless we see a move, which we'll kind of navigate into next, unless we see a move, you've got seven defensemen on the roster once Kalen Addison signs. And so if you get a forward that gets dinged up and maybe misses a game, I think we know what is probably going to happen this year in that favorite number combination, 11 and seven. <laughs> I mean, I it's you have to make move. You mentioned a trade. I made a bold prediction in Bardown Beauties our episode this week. A trade will happen by November. You saw last year Bill Guerin go out and get Ryan Reeves in October, and everyone was, or was that October, November? I think it might have been November, maybe even December. Either way, much earlier than I expected to acquire a player, especially a player like Ryan Reeves at that point. 
but things were not clicking. It was an abysmal start for the Minnesota Wild last season. And I think, you know, Bill Guerin is going to want to avoid that at all costs, but I think he will have to make those decisions far earlier because of that tightened cap space. For instance, and I know we'll talk about him in a little bit, Marco Rossi. If he does not pan out, I think by November you need to make a decision. And that decision should not be him going down to Iowa in the American Hockey League. That decision should be what can we get for him while he still holds a value, while he is still young. If he is not going to be in the Minnesota Wild roster, you have to move him and you have to do that early. Because if you keep showcasing this quote-unquote lack of talent or lack of NHL ability then it's all for naught. Then you've wasted kind of all of this time with him trying to make it work. And it just hasn't for a ninth overall pick. And that's not unheard of. It's not crazy to think a first rounder is not going to pan out like you want them to, but I think that's going to be a piece that you also keep in your pocket. So that's why I think Bill Guerin would look at doing a trade earlier on. And again, the biggest aforementioned uh, lack of money, he needs some moolah. So I would don't even think you need to go in and, and try to get a big name piece back. You need a little cap room. I just keep going back to Moneyball Seth and Brad Pitt and how he was playing with all those. Like, we got no money. You know, like, it's, I want Bill Guerin <laughs> to become Billy Bean in a sense. And I think he will and, and figure it out. Cause you know, we all know Billy G's always got something up his sleeve. But again, I think those questions will definitely be swirling earlier this season rather than waiting until trade deadline in February. We'll continue our chat with Jesse Pierce of the Bar Down Beauties podcast on today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Attention, athletic individuals. Are you a fan of shorts in the summer, but not a fan of the way your shorts fit? Well, Bird Dogs is here to help. Bird Dogs can keep you cool and make you look good with their stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as any of those big name brands, but they fit way better. They also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So whether you're on the go, at the gym, or just sitting on the couch watching your favorite show, Bird Dogs are the only choice for your style and comfort this summer. So head to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat. Again, birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL. Word of warning, though, when you put your bird dogs on, we guarantee you are not going to want to take them off. And, and something to consider as well is it's not unheard of because it was before last season, Bill Guerin made the move to trade Dmitry Kulikov to the Anaheim ducks for a pick. A th- yeah. I think I said on a previous show, a thank you note um, <laughs> just to free up a little bit of room. And I know it wasn't a ton, but still there is still time before the season starts. I mean, you got the whole month of September too, before we yeah. uh, get the season rolling. So I, I don't know though. And, and I wanted to get your opinion on this because obviously you've got the seven defensemen. Once Kalen Addison signs, then you've got that kind of triangle third pair combination with Alex Goligoski and John Merrill, and then Kalen Addison. Would, would you, do you think it would make sense to trade one of those guys? Or is it just a situation where Goligoski's not getting moved? And so it's pretty much John Merrill or nothing, and there just isn't a huge market for him. 
I mean, it's an unfortunate situation only because I think Kaylin Addison hasn't necessarily been given some of the opportunity that we'd like him to see. I know this has been stressed in all media entities that there is just a lack of confidence in some of these young players. And right now is the time you need those young players. You need Kaylin Addison. You need Marco Rossi to play bigger roles because you need the young salary hits and uh, those cheaper players. But I think the writing's kind of on the wall for Kalen. Um, you know, last year, Bill Guerin had mentioned at the end of the year, they need him to be more defensive. They really just need him to play more of that role. And I think Kalen's kind of having a tough time making that transition. He's always kind of played the way he has. He's a smaller defenseman as well. So I think as much as I, and I love Alex Goligoski and I love John Merrill. As people, they're fantastic. But they, I could part ways with them and not, care any less i mean i think it's so cute to have the homecoming swan song for golly but he's not doing a heck of a whole lot out there for me neither is john merrill to be fair i would rather see kaylin addison put into some of those positions especially when it comes to special teams as we know his affinity for being a quarterback on the power play um so i would rather keep kaylin i just think the likelihood of that happening is not there and the fact that they're in no hurry again Kalen was not eligible for arbitration otherwise this would have been settled so the fact that they still haven't signed him and they're just kind of like uh he'll take whatever we give him which is probably true it just also feels like D Billy might be wheeling and dealing behind the scenes to even trade him you're right Seth before the season because he's probably not going to play too much if there's an opportunity to make a move Bill Guerin just just smashes that button <laughs> on his on his keyboard let's make the trade let's do it so yeah. All those behind the scenes conversations, they're happening. You oh, just yeah. you just have to to uh to see how they play out. Now, another thing that you had mentioned that I want to go a little further into the start to the season, because last year it was 0-3, 20 goals allowed in the three games. Those numbers are just they're just burned into <laughs> the back of my eyes. Is this team, is this year's team? Could they end up doing the same thing or because the line combinations are kind of set heading into the season, can they avoid that same sort of disastrous start? I mean, you hope so, because certainly that was no fun for anybody, but you're opening up against Florida at home, Toronto on the road, Montreal on the road. Montreal has made some moves. Toronto is always going to be Toronto and Florida obviously made it all the way to the cup finals last year. So it's not an ideal on paper start for your Minnesota wild. Um, and I do think you could argue, yes, there's that familiarity, but that was their last year to the start as well. A lot of those guys were back. There wasn't a whole lot of movement except uh, for Kevin Fiala. So I don't think it's necessarily going to be that that pushes them through. But I know uh, we chatted with Marcus Foligno a week or two ago, and he had mentioned that is their number one goal heading into preseason is to avoid what happened last year. So I think if those guys really put that mental focus on that and make that kind of their priority is just having a better start. It doesn't mean going out and winning games seven to three or whatever, but it also means not losing game seven to three or, you know, even losing any of those games. I think they need to be in the competition. They need to start that and be hot right out of the gates. Now, a lot of people might argue October hockey doesn't matter, but it does. You want to get behind, you don't want to get behind the eight ball too soon. So I think that'll be huge. If the captains can really <clears throat> put that pressure on some of those young guys, that's going to make the difference. The other difference I see Philip Gustafson, I think he is going to be your starting goaltender to open the year up. Um, again, I'm sure there will be some sort of evenly split tandem to an extent, but I see Philip Gustafson really taking the reins. A lot of that will uh, be determined during training camp here in September. But ultimately, 
you signed the kid to an extension. You know he's kind of going to be your guy for the next couple of years with Jesper coming in as well. Um, why not give him the start? And that could be now that he's found his confidence. We all saw the way that he was able to play last year to close out that regular season. That's going to be helpful as well. And if not, put that Hall of Famer flurry in and see what he can do. So I think between Gus and between just knowing that they don't want to start out as poorly as they did last year, that could really benefit them. How about those special teams, though? Uh, there, it was an adventure because the early part <laughs> of the season it nicely. Yeah, the early part of the season, you're like, well, the wins aren't stacking up like we had hoped. But hey, the power play numbers don't look too bad. Then you look a little further into it. It's one pairing or one line that's pretty much doing all the scoring, and then after that, it just. Mm-hmm. So enter a new uh, assistant coach, Jason King, to help in that capacity. Are we going to see a little more balanced lineup, do you think? Or are we going to see a little more of the all or nothing like we saw last year just to try to maximize more opportunities for Kaprizov, for Boldy, for those guys and say, if they're not scoring, nobody's going to. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see what Jason King can bring. You know, admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about him. I don't really know a heck of a lot. I just love that there's a change. I love Darby Hendrickson and Bob Woods, I wouldn't mind seeing another change happen in that space too. Uh, Cause they're just as much a part of special teams and some of the other problems. Ironically, I think I read that their special teams as poor as we viewed it, it really was better than the year before. So there is an improvement. I think the percentage wise, they capitalize more. I know a lot of times it felt like they never capitalized certainly uh, during the playoffs, which was accurate, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it has to improve. I don't know that it will. I If it stays the same, I think that will be okay. I also want to see those face-offs go. That's the bigger percentage I need to be increased, which goes back to the problem at center, which goes back to the forever Minnesota Wild problem. It's problems, Seth. We got problems, but uh, 99 of them. But, um, you know, Kaprizov ain't one. So we got that going for us. Oh, I'm. you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. I was going to try to make some sort of a riff on that. But, yeah, uh, Kirill coming off of an injury. Obviously, he's looking to just continue to do what he has done throughout the course of this season. And I'm sure you'll have more interaction with him as we go into training camp and the preseason. But he's going to light it up as soon as the season starts, right? No lingering injury issues from what we saw against Dallas. Or are we a little wondering what we're going to see? I mean, you had to bring that up. I almost forgot about it. Frankly, I've tried to forget everything about last season in its entirety because I want to live a happy and peaceful life. But, (laughs) but no, I think, I think he'll be okay. I mean, he's such a bulldog, right? Like that's what we love about him. He got that dog in him as, as the kids like to say, I think I got that right. Right. Is that how they say it? Got that dog in you? Nailed it. Uh, But he does. He's exactly the type of player that I love to watch because he gives everything. He will put that entire team on his back. And it's funny because I still go back to, I believe it was last year. Might it? Yeah. Last year when he was not scoring and everybody was a little agitated with him. And I asked him about that. I said, you know, what do you think? He's like, well, all the fans, they don't like me, right? They didn't like me because I know score. And it was just like, he took it a little personal. And I was like, you're yeah, I guess they, they liked you. They just were a little frustrated. So I think he always remembers that, right? Again, he is such a competitor. The kid is an absolute beast. So he is going to do everything he can 
to will this team into a, a successful season. The problem is he can't do it by himself, right? Connor McDavid can't even do it by himself. And he's got Leon Draisaitl with him as well. So that's the one outstanding issue. Now, if you can get Kirill through this year with the team that he has and Danilia Yurov comes next year, Marat comes next year, huge. That will be absolutely huge, not only for the team as a whole, but for Kirill to have his Russian counterparts. They can take this this team by storm. Um, so I just, you know, you're hoping that Kirill can handle the workload, which we all know he can, but hopefully the other guys don't make him have to do everything like they kind of did last year. And I w- uh, let's spin off of that a little bit because the wild offense, not great. There were points, especially later in the season, ironically, after Kirill got hurt, where things it seemed like started to open up a little bit. You see the second line with Boldy, Erickson, Eck, and Johansson really doing their thing. So I'm of the belief that that if that can start the season and be more consistent, that there just really doesn't seem to be a way that the offense is going to be as bad as it was. Like there were stretches where there just were no goals scored at all, and you're losing games one nothing, four nothing, mm-hmm. not great. Um, yeah. Am I am I out of my mind or is that logic making sense that if you have that second line for a full season that they can provide more and therefore the offense is going to be able to do better than 239 goals? I think it was. Sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, no, you're out of your mind for probably a number of different reasons, <laughs> just not particularly pertaining to this. No, I think you're right. And I think obviously we saw Matt Boldy and Marcus Johansson really build that chemistry toward the end of last year. I'm thrilled that Marcus Johansson comes back, if not for that sole purpose. This isn't the JoJo that we saw that was constantly hurt when he did his first tour of the Minnesota Wild. So, you know, if he can remain healthy and stay with Matt Boldy, that's going to be great. I think the other exciting thing is I even have to remind myself of this. Boldy's only 22, and he has done things that I don't think we've given him enough credit for. Yes, he had a scoring drought. And yes, he went on the heater, but just in general, he is a player still growing and developing, but he's doing it at a fantastic pace. He's doing it at the NHL level. He's not going down to Iowa to refine things. So I think that's really exciting. I mean, Matt Boldy, like I said, has earned every cent of that seven year, seven million contract. And it's going to be a steal when we see him continue to be on the up and up for years to come. So I I would completely agree with that assessment that that second line needs to be going. Even that third line you want to see. I want Marcus Foligno from 2021, 22, right? Why not? I want Ryan Hartman from that same year. Realistic? Probably not. Because as we knew going into last year, they weren't going to replicate those. But why not? Maybe get a little bit more of that. Maybe Pat Maroon gets in there. Maybe Brandon Duhame and Connor Dewar take that other step. Because if you can get, let's imagine this, Seth, all four lines rolling. (sighs) My goodness. Now we're talking. Now we're talking Stanley Cup. And I have, uh, I've already purchased my ticket on the SS Maroon because um, I I just, I think that's going to be so fun to watch him just inject some of his brand into this team after what he's done with Tampa Bay and his other stops throughout the course of his NHL career. But I'm just, I'm so intrigued to see how he meshes with Duhame and Dewar because Duhame, we know, is is the spark plug guy. And and Connor Dewar just is really sneaky, kind of an assassin figure. Like I just I keep going back to the the Gorg interview where he was asked about if he came up on a shark um <laughs> out deep sea fishing. He said he'd fight it. Like there's a little something in there that I think Maroon can maybe unlock for Dewar and for Duhame too, to where then you get that fourth line humming along and and being a, a huge part of this team. 
I mean, they have to be. You have to have a fourth line that can contribute and not just in a physical manner, right? Connor Dewar's got speed. That kid can fly up the ice. We saw it notably in those shorthand rushes, right? Those don't happen without some good legs moving. Brandon Duhame, I think, really grew into his game. An unfortunate injury stopped some of that, but I imagine he's going to come out guns a-blazing. And you're absolutely right. How can you not listen to a guy like Pat Maroon who's got three Stanley Cup rings, right? That's a person that you're going to listen to. And as Bill Guerin loves... He's a no BS kind of guy. Pat Maroon is a guy that is not going to take any any problems, any scruff from anybody. He's going to kind of help guys out in in a good manner, but not necessarily the gentle manner, which I think is exactly the type of player that uh, Duhame and Dewar would respond to, right? Kind of that tough love looking thing. So it's going to be an awesome opportunity for them to continue go, growing on their path. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do, what Pat Maroon, because again, we know what he's that burly guy little bit more skill, I think, than, than Revo, but uh, I think will be a good asset to Duham and Dewar in many senses of the word. Final question. Uh, and again, thank you for uh, for the time today, Jesse. For listeners, make sure you check out the Bar Down Beauties podcasts. You can head to NHL.com, too, and see a million stories that Jesse does. <laughs> and you, the best part is you're not even going to be able to tell the ones that have to get rewritten because of the uh, the outcome of the game changing <laughs> in the final two minutes. The nightmare. Seth, Seth has seen me in my prime. I don't even write a game until like five minutes before, and then I usually have to have two. It's a it's a process. I don't. I remember year one how scared I was, and now it's just an old hat. Like, oh no, this this is just two stories I have written in the span of seven minutes, but. It's fine. You've perfected it. And um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing more of that uh, here this season. But uh, Jesse, thank you for the time today. Final question. Wild postseason. In or out? Wild what? Postseason? Are they Wild in? Are they in? The postseason? Yeah. Are they in or are they out? Uh, they're in. They're barely in. I've changed my tune a little bit. I will admit, I think... I have often said they were out. I've heard some wild players have heard that and were not very happy with me about it. Um, so for to them, I apologize. But I'm just being honest. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not a liar. Uh, no, there'll be a bubble team. I mean, we're going back to the bubble years. We're going back to the years where we're waiting until St. Louis plays their final game to see if St. Louis loses or, you know, whatever. It's going to look exactly like it has. Because while the other teams in the Central have gotten better, I'm not entirely convinced that they're completely changed. Connor Bedard, God bless him is not going to transform Chicago into this juggernaut of a squad. No. He's going to, I feel bad for the man. I looked at that roster the other day and I was like, Oof, that's a tough scene out there for Connor Bedard. So wish him as a player. Well, don't wish the Blackhawks any good intent. No. And uh, yeah, that's how that'll go. So yes, they will to answer the question in. In and in, there you have it. And that's what we got for you for today's episode of lockdown wild listeners. Again, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to give Bar Down Beauties a follow and a subscribe. Anywhere you listen to your podcasts, just like Lockdown Wild, keep the entire Wild podcast landscape happy and thriving this offseason as we uh, get our reps in for the uh, start of the regular season as well. You can find new episodes of Lockdown Wild every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.